I just have this really firm conviction that the more raw and real we can be, the deeper we can experience other people and the deeper experiences we can have. And so I really focus on trying to get authors to go that layer deeper because there's always the surface level story that's comfortable. But what I find is that readers are looking for that deeper connection to the author. And sometimes as authors, we're not necessarily thinking that the reader actually wants to know about us, especially those of us writing nonfiction books. Hello, I'm Denise Withers, and you are listening to Forward, an interview series where today's leaders reveal how they use stories to make change and shape the future. If you need a new way to move forward towards your goals, then stay tuned, because I have just the story for you. Despite decades of advocacy for diversity in publishing, a quick Google search for the top nonfiction authors inevitably turns up a list of white men. This matters for lots of reasons. If we want people to be transformed by books, they have to see themselves in those books, which means that we're not connecting with a vast majority of the world. Plus, by not publishing work by underrepresented writers, we're missing out on all the wisdom and expertise they have to share, stuff that only they know. That's why I'm so thrilled to have Jen T. Grace with me on today's show. As an author, speaker, founder, and CEO of Publish Your Purpose Press, Jen has a fierce commitment to bringing voice to the invisible stories that free people from their isolation. She's published six books of her own, including her memoir, House on Fire, and coached hundreds of authors to help them bring their stories into the light. I know she has amazing insights to share with us and can't wait to get this conversation started. So welcome, Jen. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and excited to see where this conversation takes us. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> That's right. So it'd be great if you could start us off by sharing an example of how you're using story in your work. I know it's infused throughout everything you do, but if you've got a favorite example or a favorite story or a favorite project that you worked on that could really bring it to life for us, that would be fantastic. Yeah, this is such a big question because my entire world is stories and the written word because of being a book publisher. But I guess one example I feel like that I use on a pretty consistent and regular basis for myself personally is when I'm working with a new author, for me, it's really important for them to know that I have also been where they've been in terms of being a first-time author or that people on my team who've also published books and you know written books and they're authors too. And what I find to be really impactful for me, just from a standpoint of being able to relate to somebody who's in that similar position, is I spend a good amount of time kind of just sharing my own story, my own journey of how I got to the place that I'm at where I have written six books and I have, you know, I've coached hundreds of authors at this point because a lot of times what I notice is that first-time authors, they're looking for transformation, right? Like I see someone being where I want to be. How can I get there too? And so that seems to be something that comes up pretty frequently when I'm talking to folks is just sharing my own personal journey to be able to kind of relate to people on that 
really ground level, because I think when we're looking at who we want to work with, whether it's a professional setting or personal setting, we always want to know that that person kind of understands us and gets us in some capacity. So that I think would be the kind of the best example. I'm not sure if that's what you're asking for, but that's what popped in my mind. Yeah, that's an excellent example. And we often talk about that in leadership storytelling, right? How important it is to be able to find common ground, to connect with people, to build that relationship and to build trust. And so when you do that, when you share your story, what kind of reaction do you get from people? It kind of depends on the conversation because sometimes I'm sharing the nonfiction book side of things where I wrote four nonfiction books to build my consulting company to raise my speaking fees. And so I can kind of relate to people on that business level of, hey, if you're writing this nonfiction book, you can double speaking fees. You can do all these great things. And I can see that kind of glimmer of hope and like, okay, if she can do this, And she knows the formula. She can totally help me do it, too. So there's kind of that side that's a little more practical in in terms of helping people kind of see where they can be. But on the memoir side of things, because we do publish memoirs, is I wrote my memoir and I published it in 2020, which was a lovely time during COVID Mm -hmm. to publish a book. But, you know, I wrote my memoir to free myself from my own story. I felt like my story was almost like that proverbial albatross around my neck and was kind of suffocating me in a lot of ways. And so when I'm talking to somebody where I really need to get them to understand how important it is to be raw and real and vulnerable in sharing their story, I can then always lean back on my experience having published my own story, which is very, very vulnerable. And I share all of the things and don't hold back. And so in those moments when I'm having those types of conversations, I can see a little bit of the fear that someone might still have or a little bit of the reluctance to share their story. But I can also see that there's like a little piece of inspiration to say like, all right, if this person again can do it, then there's no reason I can't do it too. So it's two different types of conversations, but similar reactions and results. That's so powerful. And and I want to follow up on that because I do a lot of coaching and I use a narrative structure for coaching. And One of the first pieces of work is typically to make sense of the story that you're living right now. What's going on? What are the stories that are holding you back? And so this idea of actually sharing your story publicly to break free from it is really fascinating. Can you tell me a bit more about your process and what prompted you to do that? Yeah, so I just have this really firm conviction in my being that the more raw and real we can be, the deeper we can experience other people and the deeper experiences we can have. And so I really focus on trying to get authors to go that layer deeper because there's always the surface level story that's comfortable. Like we we found a way to frame our story on a surface level that's easy. You ask me something, I have I have my go-to surface level answer. But if you ask the right questions, You can go deeper. And what I find is that readers are looking for that deeper connection to the author. And sometimes as authors, we're not necessarily thinking about that the reader actually wants to know about us, especially those of us writing nonfiction books. You know, there's an expertise, you're writing about leadership, whatever it might be. They don't really think that their story has to be included. And what I found really interesting, because this has been evolving for the last five or 10 years is that if you look at nonfiction books now, they are so heavily story driven. 
Where in the past, a lot of them were very formulaic and they were very almost like textbooks where, you know, here's this thing about time management. But now if you pick up a book about time management, it's going to have so much of that author and their story and their personality and their background in it that you develop a deeper relationship and connection to that author, which ultimately helps everybody because you feel like you can trust that person. You can trust the advice that they're giving you in the book. And so there's just kind of a lot of kind of interesting ways in which this continues to unfold where it's becoming more of an imperative that you have to share your story and you have to share it in a deeper way than ever before, just based on, I think, the environment that we're in currently. Tell me more about that, because I can see both sides of that. So from the author's perspective, I could see that you're building an identity, you're building a brand, and you're creating connections with a community of followers. And I'm curious, from the audience side, is it inspiration that they're getting? You know, in terms of that trend, what do you think is driving that? It's a great question. I definitely think that there's a source of inspiration for sure, because I think there's there's two different books I read. I'm not going to name either of them because I don't want to be talking badly about them. But I read two different books that were both based on like accounting for your business, basically. And one of them was really amazing because it was very story driven and really kind of shared the author's struggle with understanding their own finances and within their business and scaling their business, et cetera. And that book was so engaging because it was so story-driven. So I, as the reader of that book, where I'm looking like, okay, how am I going to take my business to the next level? What do I need to know? What do I need to do? And in reading that book, as a reader, I could relate to this author, even though we may have absolutely nothing in common on the surface, just seeing him share his story of how he moved his business from one place to the next through story specifically was incredibly powerful. So I read that book and then I read a different book by a different author and it was very much like a textbook to the degree that there wasn't even a website anywhere to be found in this particular book. So we didn't really know anything about the author. He didn't share any personal stories. He had a lot of good information. I will give him that. There was a lot of good information, but I walked away having no, I didn't feel inspired or impacted nearly the same way I did with the author that I could actually feel and sense their presence from the beginning of the book to the very end of the book. And so there's a few things going on there, right? So one is we know that stories make information more memorable and easier for us to recall and share because we encode the information within the story. So if that author didn't give you a story, there's no way you're going to really hang on to all of that valuable information that he shared. Absolutely. I was actually just having a conversation with a group of authors today. I have writing groups where I'm coaching people through the the process of getting a manuscript written. And we were talking about Brene Brown. And we were saying that she's like the perfect package because she's so analytical and so focused on data. But she's such an incredible storyteller that she's able to get you to remember and understand that data because of the stories that she's sharing. If she didn't share stories, I feel like 90% of the things that she says, nobody would remember. And that's where I think her true gift and power is that beautiful balance between data and being able to tell a really good story. I agree. She's amazing at that. And, And looking back to the book that was more engaging, I think one of the things that was probably going on there was you and the author, you had this shared problem space. So you went on a journey together, right? You talked about that idea of of the author helping you move from one place to another, which is really what stories are all about. And so 
the author, it seems, actually invited you into the story where you were, as you followed the author's story, you were able to kind of guess, well, is he going to do this or is he going to do that? And then actually turn that around and, and apply it to your own situation. Yeah, that's exactly it. And what I think people don't realize is... And from an author standpoint, we think, okay, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to sell it to millions of people. We have all these grandiose visions and goals. But the reality is that the reading experience is still one-to-one. You're still writing for one person and it's an intimate experience for that person reading that book. So when we think about how to engage the reader and how to tell a good story and how to make them feel intimate and make them feel seen with whatever the problem might be or whatever the inspiration they might be seeking. And so I think that that's really kind of a, a critical piece of this as well. That is a great point. And, and so I'd love to talk a bit more about the work that you're doing with Publish Your Purpose because it's exactly what you just said. Change happens at an individual level. And, and yet if you're coming in as a purpose-driven author or purpose-driven leader, you're probably coming in to make some kind of change in the world. And so how do you help authors frame that challenge and approach that challenge in their work? You know, we're looking at everything from a very high strategic level. And so when we're talking to an author, I'm invested in whatever impact they're trying to make. And so I personally, as the founder of this company, need to be invested in what they're up to. But they also need to be committed to taking it to whatever next level that they're going for. Because you're not, no one's writing a book to kind of go back, right? We're not writing a book to be like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to write this book and not do anything with it. It's usually to make a big leap or a big advancement. So myself and my team need to be really invested in it. The author needs to be committed to whatever impact that they're going for. But then there has to be that community aspect where the book is going to serve somebody else. And so when we're looking at it from that level, knowing that there has to be this win-win-win situation, it helps us frame how we're going to help the author approach the market with their book. So there's a lot of publishers that can produce a really awesome quality book, a beautiful cover, a beautiful inside, well-edited. But if you don't really know what the author's goals with that book are, you're missing a huge opportunity. Because for me, it's more about the impact than it is the money. It's great to have revenue flowing into a business, but if our authors aren't going out into the world with the impact that they're desiring to create, then I feel like we're missing the mark. Because I, I don't want to publish books that are sitting under someone's desk or in a garage somewhere. And so we're looking at it from a very holistic level to say, all right, what is the positioning? What is the messaging? What market opportunities exist for this book? And ultimately, how does it actually connect into the things that you're already doing? Because at the end of the day, if your book is really disconnected from your other work, people are just going to be confused by it. And that's the last thing that we're going for. And, and so it sounds to me like part of what you're doing when you work with authors is you're creating what I would call their change story. Right. So what are they trying to change? What's the vision of the future that they have for their audience? And how is their book going to help their audience get to that vision? That's exactly it. That's a, a very beautiful and succinct way of saying it. And so tell me a bit more about Publish Your Purpose. Like why focus on purpose? You could be making money doing other stuff. So here's an aha moment that I had a number of years ago. So as I had already started to say, I've written six books. And four of those books were nonfiction books based on the consulting work that I was doing. And I was doing consulting for fortune companies 
that were in financial services or insurance. So it was pretty, pretty specific type of consulting work. And when I ended up leaving my consulting business, I was making over $20,000 per keynote speech. I was doing a number of them. I was doing trainings and it was, it was really good and exciting work. But what I found for myself is that I just started to get tired of saying the same thing over and over again and doing it within corporate environments, which tend to take a long time to actually see the change unravel. And I happened to be traveling and I was doing a keynote and I was standing on the stage and just kind of like looking out at everybody waiting to actually speak. And I was just looking at all the, the people kind of just sitting at those round tables in the audience. And I had this aha moment where it struck me that I am out here on a stage. I love being in front of an audience. I love speaking to people. I love changing people. But there was like 500 people in that room. It was not a large audience. And it hit me out of the blue. What if I took a step back and instead of focusing on me being on that stage, what if I focused on helping other people get to a place where they could be on that stage? Because I could help 500 people who are speaking to 500 people or 5,000 people. And my impact can be exponentially larger than just me as my individual self. And I just had that revelation of as much as I love being on a stage and talking to people, I equally love being behind the scenes and being the cheerleader for other people who have a big purpose that they're trying to fill. And so it was kind of all of those things kind of coming together at once that made me realize that my purpose is much, much bigger than how can I help train this small audience of people. It's more so how can I help people share their story and truly make huge impacts on the world? Because it really always comes down to stories. That's truly how I see change occurring in so many ways is through stories and through sharing and being vulnerable and having discussions. That's how we can create more peace because Lord knows there's a lack of that around these days. That's an amazing story. Thanks for sharing that. So when I look at in terms of purpose and publishing and the work that needs to be done, there's so many issues to be tackled. There's so many voices that we need to hear. And until relatively recently, the voices were pretty much white men. And so I'm just wondering how that equity, diversity, social justice lens fits within what's driving you to do this work. Oh, it it is a huge factor in how we approach things. So much of the work that we do is focused around bringing those underrepresented voices to the table because there are always going to be opportunities for the white straight man. And so I personally don't necessarily feel like I have to make a concentrated effort to find them because they'll always be around and there's traditional opportunities that exist. And we have a lot of male authors and they're amazing humans who are out there kind of changing the world. But what I find is that it tends to be either women or LGBTQ people or people with disabilities or people of color, people who are coming from some marginalized standpoint that go and enter into the publishing space and just don't feel seen. And if you want to share your story, speak your truth, impact people, you have to be working with a partner that helps you feel seen and heard. And there's just not a lot of that still in the publishing space. And so our focus is very much on those voices that are often excluded from those traditional publishing settings. And as a result, I, I believe about 70% of our authors are women, about 30% are from communities of color, and almost 50% are LGBTQ. And that's very intentionally designed 
And even with those numbers that might sound like they're they're good numbers in terms of diversity on the surface, there's still so much more room for improvement, even within my own company, to just continue to bring those voices to the table because it's other people in marginalized communities that just don't see themselves reflected. And I want to change that by helping bring more of those those voices to light. Yeah, I love that. And and it's interesting because we share the same purpose in so many ways. For me, building on that, I'm trying to bring them to light because I feel that the world is facing so many complicated problems that we simply don't know how to solve. And the only way we're going to do that is to look for solutions outside of the boxes that we've always looked in. And so there's almost 8 billion people on the planet. So stories give us the opportunity to access the experience and the expertise of 8 billion other people who know something that I don't. So for me, it's all about democratization of power yeah. in terms of using story. Yeah. I love that phrase. That's beautiful. And and it's all about opportunity, right? It's, as you said earlier, it's a win-win for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so when I listen to the stories that you're telling me and the work that you're doing, the theme that keeps coming up for me is around the connection between stories and identity and either who we are now or who we want to be, and the power of stories to help us become that person we want to be. So I wonder if you've got any thoughts about that that you'd like to share. Uh, there's so much to be said about our stories, our ability to impact, and our identity. You know, we actually have a, a book that's called Identity Impact. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, what are, what are the odds? But, you know, it, it's interesting because going back to people just wanting to be seen, I think that that's just a fundamental human emotion or feeling or desire is that people just want to feel seen. And from an identity standpoint, you know, it's interesting because in so many ways, I have seen people downplay certain aspects of their identity when in reality, they should be really really kind of doubling down on being more of who they are. There's a really uh, awesome author called Sally Hogshead, and she is a marketing and a branding person. And she has this assessment called the fascination advantage. And the whole concept of this fascination advantage is to understand how people see you, not how you see yourself. And so she kind of takes this idea of identity and and flips it a little bit because so often, whether it's as authors or business owners, we're very self-involved. We're very wrapped up in in who we are, maybe not necessarily in all aspects of our identity, but we're wrapped up in who we are and how we are, how we're kind of showing up in the world. But we're not often flipping the lens and actually seeing how we're showing up. We think we know how we're showing up, but it doesn't always necessarily match. And in my experience, when you can relate to somebody on some identity level, whether it's a cultural piece of identity, whether it's even something like where you graduated from a college or university, there's these little things, sometimes little, sometimes huge things that help us create better connection and better community. And when we're creating those better connections, I really firmly believe that we can just create such a bigger impact when we have some kind of shared common ground, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, and I think it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, this idea that your story will set you free. You remind me of, so my early days as a documentary filmmaker, I was one of the very few female filmmakers in Canada. I was the only woman making documentaries for Discovery Channel. And for the first probably 
five to eight years of my career, I didn't use my full name. I pitched everybody as D Withers because I knew nobody was going to hire a woman. And so I think about, I don't really have any regrets because I was able to open a lot of doors for other women at the time. But when I think about how much more empowered and how much more confident I would have felt if I'd been able to fully embrace who I was in my work, that surely would have changed my story and it would have changed the impact that I'd had through my work. Yeah, that's so powerful to even acknowledge and and talk about out loud, though. That's where you were coming from at that time. But the sad reality is that if we even look at something as simple as the programming bias that's inherently built into the technology that's kind of weeding through the resumes before they end up even on an HR person's desk, there's a lot of bias still built into that that's based on what someone's name is or what an ethnicity might be of someone's name. And so, you know, I think that there's a lot of empowerment now for a lot of different communities of people, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's still plenty of people who are still kind of taking that same approach. Yeah, I'm sure there are. And and, and so when you look at the authors that you've worked with and the people that you've been able to work with to help them tell their story and really align their purpose with the work that they're doing through their books. What kind of impact do you feel you're having with them or what are you seeing? What kinds of results are you seeing through that work? So there's so much impact to be seen and I think it's on a a number of different layers. So there's the impact directly to the author who, you know, what's beautiful about a book, a nonfiction book in particular, is that it forces you to have to really think about how you're going to frame your methodology or your approach to a problem. And once you actually see your entire methodology and your entire kind of business approach on paper, it actually opens all of these opportunities for other things such as creating workbooks or online programs or turning them into keynote speeches or creating some kind of new consulting approach. Even though it might be something you've been doing for 20 years, the way in which the book writing and editing process works is it has to pull apart all of those things so they can stand on their own. And so from an impact standpoint, there's not only the impact that the author is getting because the author is now making more money, they have more revenue to the bottom line of their business. But what I see to be the most inspiring thing is that now they have equalized their information. They have made it accessible to others. And we have a lot of authors who write about diversity, equity, inclusion, or belonging at work, or things related to LGBTQ people in the workplace. There's a lot of books that we have that have some kind of DEI type of lens to them. So if some of these really incredible people that I've worked with didn't take the time to package their information in a book that could cost $15, they're they're kind of missing so many people that could be influenced and impacted by their work. So I think that that's where there's a real beauty with books in particular. And we have a lot of authors who will give their books away for free, whether it's an ebook or an audiobook, just because they want to make sure that their work is being accessed by as many people as they can. And I think to me, in many ways, books can be like a great equalizer in terms of information, because if you can't afford a $20,000 consulting engagement, with somebody, you might be able to glean what you need from a $15 book. That's a a really important way to be able to reach a much broader audience of people. So true. Knowledge really is power. Mm -hmm. And so looking beyond kind of the business impact, 
What kind of personal transformations are you seeing among authors as you help them step into the power of their own stories? I definitely see boost in confidence. And I work with a lot of authors who are just badasses at business. Like they have really incredible businesses, incredible purposes and missions for what they're going for in life. But the writing process can definitely kind of wear you down and beat you up a little bit. That certainly happens. But I can see them change. There's definitely an increase in confidence, but there's something that shifts where it's even hard to kind of put into words. Like you can kind of see that they now can actually see the impact that they're going to make with their work. And there's nothing that makes me more excited than when I get an email forwarded to me or a voice memo forwarded to me from an author who had someone read their work where the book profoundly changed that person's life. And I say this to every author that we are writing from us to one person. It is, I wrote it, you're reading it. It is a one-to-one conversation. So if the goal can always be to just impact one singular human being, your book has done its job. You know, we create strategies that that ensure that it's going to have more than one reader, of course. But if you can just have your purpose and focus set on just a singular person being transformed by your work, it changes everything. And they hear me on like a logical level. They hear what I'm saying, but watching their reaction when it actually happens is absolutely priceless. So I feel like just that deep sense of knowing and gratitude to be like, wow, my book really genuinely impacted that person in a profound way. There's something just magical about that whole experience. It is incredible when you know you've been able to help people. When we listen to all the gurus about what makes us happiest in life, it always comes back to helping other people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's, to me, that's what books are all about. And so if you're speaking to that one listener out there who's either working on their book now or thinking about writing a book and they're not sure how to get started and how to bring their story into their book, what's one piece of advice that you would have for them? You know, I think that my best tip would be to spend a few minutes and sit down and construct the person that you're writing for. Just one person. Don't try to be thinking about target readers in a big, broad way. But just think about one person that your purpose is to impact that one person. And if it's somebody that you know, literally print their picture out and put it somewhere nearby when you're writing. Because when we can have that sheer purpose at the front and center of the writing process, when you have that moment where you are feeling depleted, you are exhausted, you are questioning your sanity because you don't know why you decided to write this book, You can look to that person that you've created and say, this is why I need to do this. This is why this book is important. This is why I have to continue on and getting this done because this person's waiting for this information. They're waiting to be transformed by what I have to say. And I have found this to work. It it worked in writing my own books, but it certainly works for others when you can actually concretely see someone's face to be like, okay, this is a real thing. Because there's so many highs and lows in this process, and it can be very isolating, especially writing. So how do you make sure that your inspiration is sitting front and center to you? And a lot of times that's just knowing exactly who you're writing for. That's such a great tip. Thank you. And and I find that kind of approach also makes people better writers because they stop trying to be super formal and proper in the way they write and they become much more conversational. Absolutely. 
Totally agree. Yep. Yeah. Great tip. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to share your expertise and your stories with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been a great conversation. There's lots of great stuff in there, and uh, I'll be sure to include all the details about Publish Your Purpose and, and all the story work that you're doing on our website so folks can come and find you and seek you out to help them get their stories out there. Oh, thanks for that. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Forward, a podcast about how leaders use stories to shape the future. If you'd like to know more about how story design can help you develop and sell your big idea, Get in touch at denisewithers.com.